Hello, and welcome to the Family Business Podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping family businesses thrive. My name is Ross Hayworth, and each week I will share insights and experiences to help you to navigate the complexities that can come from being in business with your family. You will also hear directly from family businesses who have been kind enough to share their own stories. As ever, I am grateful for the support of my good friends over at the Institute for Family Business. The IFB support family businesses in overcoming their challenges and help them build lasting legacies, something that we have a shared passion for. You can find out more about their work by heading over to ifb.org.uk. Right, let's get on with this week's show. Well, hello and welcome to this episode of the Family Business Podcast. I am really, really excited today to be joined by my friends, Martin and Lindsay from Jammy Digital. Hi, guys. Hi, Russ. How Hi. are you doing? Thanks for having us. Uh, you're more than welcome. And um, I'm really excited about our chat today for two reasons. Firstly, I'm a massive fan of uh, the work that you do, um, as uh, I've told you, um, but also um, to highlight to other family businesses the importance of um, a good website, and we'll, we'll delve really into the detail of what that looks like um, during the show. Um, but before we do that, please introduce yourselves more fully and um, give us a bit of a, a history of how you came to be in business together. Well, uh, my name's Lindsay, uh, and I'm director, well, co-directors of Jammy Digital, um, and we kind of always knew that we wanted to work for ourselves because we make terrible employees. <laughs> um, so uh, we started off um, with a very rubbish business selling soft furnishings online, uh, and we actually went to a web designer um, to help us with this, spent loads on a website, and it failed miserably <laughs> but one thing we did learn was actually how to kind of build a website and Martin's got a background in kind of graphic design I've got a background in marketing and um, so our business kind of took off from there didn't it yeah yeah I mean I've always loved graphic design and and I've always done a bit of coding um back in college but it wasn't until I met Lindsay um, when I realized self-employment was kind of a thing that we, we could potentially do rather than, you know, work for a corporation. And uh, Lindsay's mum and dad actually have run a business successfully as a family business for years. Mm-hmm. Um, so for you, it was kind of second nature, you know, working yeah. late at night and working weekends and checking your phone when you're out and about and, you know, that kind of thing. But for me, it was an entire entirely new world. Um, but yeah, I think we, you know, we find a now we've found a nice balance with my design and and, and bit of a technical know-how. And Lindsay uh, was in university doing a marketing degree, so we kind of found that nice balance, really. Mm. Um, and like I say, we had this experience of hiring a web designer really early on for this other business, and we were like, "Well, this isn't this isn't great." Like we we can imagine how we could improve this business, and we'd got our heads together and we started to you know work with a few freelancers and. Um, we knew what businesses needed to have and to get to be successful. It's just that we needed a way of, um, you know, building our own business. And uh-huh. uh, it's gone through various iterations over the years. But now we run an agency that we really love, Jammy Digital. And um, and we've got various different pieces of that business as well. But, yeah, we really enjoy it. Um, 
you know, you wouldn't have got to this point unless you've gone through those ups and downs, I think, especially mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the massive amount of money we wasted at the time on hiring <laughs> a web designer that right. turned out yeah, to be a big waste of money. Yeah, yeah. but ultimately it led to this. So it wasn't, mm-hmm. wasn't too bad in the end. <laughs> no, every cloud has a silver lining, as they say. Exactly, Absolutely. yeah. <laughs> so um, it's probably important to point out you're a husband and wife team. Um, yes, so when you yeah. mentioned about um, meeting each other, it's not that you're siblings and you've been long separated and, and have come back. <laughs> you are, yeah. You're a husband and wife. Um, and how um, sort of soon into your relationship did you decide that this is, uh, we want to do something together rather than, um, as you said, Martin, join the sort of corporate life? Well, I think it was about... It's pretty much when, you know, we'd kind of got engaged. I think when we were really serious about being together, I think it was, um, yeah, a case of where, where do we want to be in five years? Where do we want to be in 10 years? And I think the discussion came up that, you know, our business was going to be the best thing. I know that you weren't overly keen on it to start no. off with because <laughs> you grew up with it. But for me, your mom and dad were retired by 40 and and they were running their own business and they didn't have to rely on outside income because of the business that they built. And that was really attractive to me because I was just trapped in an employee as an employee working for another company, feeling insignificant. And I saw that, that Lindsay's parents had built this business and living life on their own terms. And that's kind of what inspired me. But you saw it from the other side, which is how difficult it can be. And, um, yeah, and you weren't as sold on the idea as no, I was. No, I think my exact words were, um, yeah, I wouldn't marry anyone who's going to be self-employed. Yeah. <laughs> that's worked out really well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, yeah. So uh, yeah, it was. It was really when kind of we realised when working for other people, mm-hmm. actually, yeah, and we were more serious with each other that we decided actually what, what could we do together. Um, and I think we've always, and I think um, a lot of kind of, family businesses do this is um they look at what kind of lifestyle they want to lead and we've never been kind of a need to earn loads of money need to have a really big house or a really fancy car we've never been that way inclined we've been more in the terms of we've always wanted more time and Mm -hmm. freedom Mm -hmm. um so that for us was really important and kind of the only way we could kind of get to that was was being self-employed for us at the time particularly when you know working from home and things like that wasn't as kind of um common i wouldn't say it was very common now but it was it's getting more popular now at least yeah. um it was it was unheard of then um so that kind of gave us that avenue to that really hmm. and did you take any advice from your parents before you set up well it's interesting actually um because um your parents have always been really um hard workers and this is a good thing but it's also really a bad thing because when we were getting advice from them You know, it was very much like you've got to work all the hours that you can, get as much money in as you can, build a business, build security. But at the time, I was reading books like The 4-Hour Work Week and actually Mm -hmm. listening to people online that said you could create a business based on the lifestyle that you wanted to lead. And there was this really confusing, contradictory information out there that, that, you know, hard work and hustle and, and, um, and that kind of balance with you can pick and choose the kind of business that you want to run. It was actually, it's actually a good thing. And I feel as though that's why the business has changed so rapidly because I've had those bits and pieces of advice really. And we've been able to find our own middle ground. Yeah, definitely. Mm. They were actually part of the business, my parents, for quite a while. And they did sort of different bits within the, within the business. Um, 
so yes it was actually finding that balance between what they recommended which mm-hmm. was work every hour under the sun <laughs> yeah. um, and just take any money from anyone <laughs> ever for anything mm-hmm. um, and I think we always joked didn't we that um, you know we, if someone had paid us to take their bins out, <laughs> we would have done it at <laughs> one point. Um, but we quickly learned, actually, this isn't going to give us the lifestyle that we, we want. So yeah. we kind of changed that. And, and we were, you know, we were doing everything relating to online marketing, email marketing, social media, design, business cards, logos, and websites as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, now it's a lot more clean and, and we're a lot more confident in the service that we offer. Uh, it just it just took a good while. I mean, you're talking, this was back in 2013 when we really started the business mm-hmm. and things have just changed significantly since then. Fantastic. And for the better, I'm assuming. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, definitely. It's been, a, it's been a fun ride. Fantastic. And a, a little bit more about the, the business mm-hmm. now and, and the reason for um, this particular um, showcase episode. Um, I, d- I don't know about you, but I, I'm finding it a little strange that we're talking about the benefits of um, a good website with a good customer experience in the year 2020 because the, the, the internet's not a new thing. So it's not like we're, we're experimenting with stuff. But I think what's important to point out is that technology and, and the tools that are available to people like yourselves as web developers are so much more advanced now than they were even five years ago that there's just a natural um, evolution with websites that um, businesses need to be at the forefront of. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. And I think, I know you mentioned the tools available now to kind of web developers, but even the tools available to to, to business owners. Um, if people don't actually want to hire a web design agency, you know, they have really amazing tools at their disposal disposal um, that they can use quite easily without actually, you know, being able to code. They can actually build a website, you know, with actually no code at all. They mm. can use these kind of new new features. Um, so, yeah, it's a very exciting time, I think, for, for business owners. Um, and certainly when it comes to their website, there's a lot of sort of advice and things out there which I think can be very confusing mm-hmm. um but it's it's very exciting in terms of what you can actually achieve with your website actually without hiring a web designer yeah and most web designers wouldn't want you to know this but the fact of the matter is is you do have a lot of control without you know you don't have to spend a fortune and even we as web designers are telling people if you're thinking of starting a new business and you've not got much cash if you've got you know if you're thinking of spending your last two or 3,000 on a, on a high-end web designer, don't do it. Seriously, mm-hmm. it's not worth it. We want you to, 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 to build a basic website, do it yourself. You know, there are plenty of tools online, like Lindsay was mentioning, that are easy enough. And, um, and you know, we only generally deal with more established businesses now. So that's why we're happy to say we don't want to serve everyone. We only really want to serve mm-hmm. the people who are going to benefit the most. Um, and for everyone else, there are tools out there, free or very, very cheap tools. And, you know, with a bit of help and advice, you can go a long way with some of those free tools and cheap uh, software. Um, you really can. It's just the advice that we feel is not out there. You know, anyone on YouTube can find a free video to say how to build a website and you can yeah. watch it and you can get a website up in 10 minutes. But the guidance and support is something that 
we feel strongly about, which is why we invest so much of our time into training people with our blog posts, with our videos on YouTube, with the podcast that we have. Um, we're more than happy to give away our free mm-hmm. information based on our knowledge so that more people can see results with their website rather than you know, holding it all back and waiting for people to give us money to give that advice. It's just yes. not the way that we want to run our business. Mm. And with that in mind, then I'm going to pick your brains and, and get all of that out um, to to our audience. Um, <laughs> and I guess the starting point is if, if we go right back to sort of a very basic question is why have a website? What What, what is the purpose of a website? Well, it's it's actually a question that's coming up more and more. And you said it's actually, I know you mentioned before, it's 2020 and we're still having this conversation. Um, and a pe- people ask this all the time, particularly with social media being, you know, becoming more and more popular. They say, well, what is the point of a website? Um, but essentially, people are still searching on online for products and services if you think of the last time you know you wanted to know something anything you probably would have gone to google mm-hmm. um, and actually typed it in um, so you know websites are extremely important for your business they are owned by you and um, everything on there is produced by you and um, they're not owned by zuckerberg or anyone else <laughs> and they are basically the heart we will we believe they are the heart of your business um, they kind of showcase everything you do and everything that you're about um, and they should be fully, you know, you should fully invest in that. Yeah. Um, I don't mean by money. I just mean in the time and actually producing a good website for your customers. Yeah. And I think it comes down to um, about taking who you are as an organization. And family business is a perfect example because, you know, lots of the listeners will be competing with bigger corporations and you still want that family business element to come out because that's what people love, you know, local family businesses, whatever your, your angle is, having a website that reflects that is an extremely valuable Mm -hmm. tool. Mm -hmm. Uh, It doesn't matter who you are, you can compete with some big companies with your story, with being honest and open and honest and transparent. And that's why we feel that our website works so well for us because we go up against some big agencies. You're talking 50, 100 plus staff and there's there's two of us and we win most of the jobs that we go up because we're so honest about who we are and we don't try to pull the wool over people's eyes. We are two people, we have our likes and dislikes and we're honest about that. Um, and it also comes down to customer service as well, because, you know, I, I'm, I know what it's like for me whenever I'm searching online for like a restaurant or a, a shop and, and the website doesn't load properly on a mobile phone and I can't find opening times and the website's just been treated a little bit like an afterthought. Mm-hmm. I just get frustrated with that company. I just get frustrated with the fact that they don't respect my time as a, as a consumer enough to at least do the basic things with a website correctly. Um, and it's frustrating. And, you know, that's where it needs to come from a customer service point of view. Mm. You know, if you're happy to present your your shop window um, with all of the care and effort um, that it needs, but you're not prepared to, you know, have a, an attractive website, then what does what's that saying? You're saying you value people who walk through your front door, but you don't value people who search for you online. Mm. And it's about making sure that we're, we're, we're synchronized across the entire board. You want your brand to be the same as it is if they were to pick up the phone and speak to you. You know, are they going to get great customer service if they walk into your premises? Probably. Are they going to get that same customer service if they send you an email? Great. 
are they going to get the same if they visit your website or is it just an afterthought that you, oh, well, I'm not very technical and my cousin did this and my nephew or my niece and it's just up there, but we don't really get any business from it. That's mm-hmm. not the best way to think about it. One of the recent YouTube videos that we recorded was the biggest mistake that you're making with your website is that you're treating it like an online business card and it's right. really not. It's a, an extremely valuable tool that you've got in order to improve your business. Yeah, definitely. I think I think a lot of businesses even now probably don't understand the potential of a website. I think that's the problem. It, it you know, it can be your best salesperson mm-hmm. and customer service advisor and you know, it can it can do all these things. It can deliver you sales and leads, but you do have to put that regular time into it. And we often see businesses investing that time in social media, but then completely leaving their website, um, which doesn't make any sense to us, really. Yeah. No, like Lindsay said, you, you own your website, it's yours, and you can control every aspect of your customer inquiry's journey just from having a good website. And we've noticed as well, since we've been putting more effort into our own marketing rather than just our clients and our own website, we've noticed um, some quite interesting um, developments. One of them, was years ago when we, before we actually really focused on improving our website, we had inquiries come through all the time and they were all the wrong type of inquiries. It was people asking how much do we charge, you know, looking for the cheapest agency, looking for a work that we didn't do. We just realized that we're spending an, an awful lot of time on the phone and replying to emails because our website wasn't filtering them away. Since we've done what we've done, All of the inquiries that come through now, they know who we are, they know how much we charge, they know the kind of quality of work, you know, that we produce. And most of the time when people get in touch, they're they're already ready to buy from us. Mm -hmm. You know, they're happy to request a proposal, they're happy to move forward. Most of our proposals go forward through to business because we've thought about that customer at home, on their computer, and the problems that they're facing, the, the confusions that, 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 that's out there. And we just made sure that our website is adapted to that person as well. It's right. just not about us, it's about them. It's about our consumers and the potential customers out there and making ourselves very, very accessible so that people are not afraid to get in touch. They're not afraid to work with us. And I think everyone needs to see that as the end goal. You want your website to be the best employee ever because it it potentially has that power. And and I think that's a a really important distinction that you made there is it's not about you, it's about them. And you, you draw the distinction with somebody walking into a physical premises that the focus on, um, for the vast majority of successful businesses, of the, the focus is on how can we best help you? you know, yeah. uh, people come over and go, how can I help? Do you need any help? Yet the websites that um, some people may have is more like, look how great we are. Yeah. And if you walked into a shop and someone came over and went, hi, I'm great. <laughs> they might go, um, okay, thanks, and, and move on to the next one. And given our attention spans are so small now, we've got so many different things sort of pulling our attention here, there, and everywhere. Making sure your customers have a good experience when they visit your site is paramount, isn't it? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think it's it's really funny you use that shop analogy because, um, yeah, I think that's exactly what, what happens. Um, you know, and you read some say about pages all the time and it starts with, you know, in 1982, I graduated with such a thing. And you have to think to yourself, is that actually important to the reader? Um, and is this something that they're interested in? Um, and as, as you as you said, if they were going to walk into my premises, would that be something that I would actually open with? Probably not. Mm. Um, so yes, yeah, it's all about making it about the the end user, the reader um, of your website, and actually making it relevant to them, um, and you know, saying how you help and and how you can solve their problems. And um, that's what a good website should do, definitely. Most people make the mistake of only focusing on how it looks, um, a website, and oh, it just needs to look good. But that is only one of the the elements. You know, there's so much more that goes into it, um, and and quite often people they go the, in the wrong direction. They hire an agency or they try to do it themselves, and all they're thinking about is great. It just needs to look nice. But you know, because we've worked with you, that there's so much extra things that need to go into it. It is about that communication, about how you speak to your visitor when they land on your website for the first time. It's about how you can guide them to the next logical step, mm-hmm. you know, um, providing helpful content and just respecting that they have concerns and problems and you need to be the guide for them. You need to help them and support them. Nobody cares that you've won awards. Nobody cares that you, you know, like Lindsay said, graduated <laughs> and you went to this university oh, and you've been established this many years. Uh, you know, there is a time and a place for that kind of content. But first and foremost, it's about respecting that that visitor is there to do business with you mm-hmm. and you need to treat them with respect and don't waste the time. That's all it is. Yeah. And I think that's actually something that I've noticed on more sort of family business websites. It's kind of, you know, we've been established for eight years or whatever, and it's been a family business and, and things like that. And of course, that's that's quite nice. That's, you know, it's unique to talk about that, but mm. it's not straight away when someone lands on your website that's not what they're interested in they're interested in how you can solve their problems not how many years um, you know your business has spanned back through generations and um, that is nice that is a good it's a good thing I'm not saying don't include that at all but it shouldn't be at the forefront of your website and your messaging on your website and um, for the forefront should be how you help and I think if we go back to the shop analogy, it's when someone walks through the door, they want to know they're in the right place before they start yeah. discussing their issue with you. Um, and um, we obviously are both aware of the same um, group, uh, the Content Marketing Academy, um, where I think the statistic is 70% of a buying decision is made online before first contact. Yes. Um, and yeah. your website is a massive um, part of that because as you say you go through the the journey of I want to buy a widget so I'm going to google um, what that widget is and I'm going to go to a website and what I want to know when I land on that page is am I in the right place yeah. if I feel I'm in the right place then I'm going to dig deeper into why I want to use that particular business and if I'm understanding right is that where we should be talking about the history and um, values of the the familyness of of a family business well, actually, it is. I mean, everyone's different when they come to your website. Some people might be aware that you kind of are the right person, and you know, it, it, everyone's different who lands on your website. So, the way we like to think about this is 
first thing you want to do when someone lands on your website is immediately tell them who you are and why they should care. Mm-hmm. So for us, for instance, um, our we have a big, bold statement on our website um, and we say, make your mark online, um, a website you can be proud of. So the first thing for anyone to do is to make sure that that key messaging is there. Make sure that it's, it's you know, legible you've not used really random fonts you know it has to be clear and easy to read you have to sell people on the benefits of who you are even if people kind of know what you do they still want to be reassured that you know you are thinking of them um and we talk about problems that you solve we talk about so much more before we eventually get to the point where it's like we have been established for this many years yeah yeah definitely even you know if you're thinking on your your home page yeah after you have that one sort of sentence summary of who you are if you go into like your home page text it might be something like you know if you're struggling with this or if you're if you're looking for this and you're not sure where to start then then I can help we are a, a family-based business something like that but always kind of start it saying you know actually putting the onus on the reader connecting with them what their problems are what they're actually looking for um, and and starting it like that, then you can come on and talk a little bit about yourself and, and how you can actually help and, and why. Um, but yeah, put the onus on the reader first. But yeah, there's so much more things like testimonials, you know, all of that really should should complement what it is that you help people, what problems you help people mm-hmm. solve. Generally, what we say is when someone clicks on the about page, this is where people get a bit confused because people think their about page is actually about them where actually we we still say it's really not about you. It is a little bit on the about page, but people click on an about page because they want to know that you're legitimate and you, you know, you're trustworthy and credible, but ultimately they still need to be sold on you. So this is what we, we actually recommend is when you're writing an about page, you should actually rephrase it from about us to about how we can help. So again, you're still speaking to the problems that people are facing. So if you are struggling with this problem, then we can help, you know, then you can go on to talk about you a little bit more. Um, and this is just, this is something that we help guide people with all the, all the time, day in, day out. People ask us these same questions and that's why, that's why we like to produce so much content about this. Yeah. And I think, I think, um, as well as that, it's something that a lot of business owners get wrong is, is they, they make the, the copy, the content on the website, the words actually about themselves. And then they use kind of very vague imagery, <laughs> whereas it should be kind of the other way around. Actually have pictures of yourself as a family business. That's great to show your faces, show who you are. That is brilliant. Actually make the images about you and mm-hmm. make the copy, the text about the reader exactly um, and that's a really good way around of actually doing it and you, um, will, you will still want to talk about yourself yeah, you know we, we still have information about us because you are the brand you are the business and people will need a little bit of information about you um the very first agency that we went to um like Lindsay mentioned before the reason that Lindsay decided to hire those people was because they did have a bit of a quirky edge to them and she quite liked right. and they, they were pretty funny that needs to come across but that can come across very very subtly you know with the images you use and are you laughing or joking or are you really serious stood there mm-hmm. in suits you know it, it's about a continuation of that brand mm-hmm. people and there's will, no right or wrong to that it just depends on who it, you are it does you know, how, it depends you on your act. tone of voice it mm-hmm. depends on whether or not you're quite casual with the way that you speak to your clients and whether or not that's that's reflected online the biggest mistake people make is they they feel as though they're online presence needs to be 
um, high-end and sophisticated. Uh-huh. But then day-to-day when Dave, who comes in every week to your premises to buy some buy some stuff, you know, you have a casual conversation with him. If he visits your website and he doesn't get that same kind of feeling, then it's not right. It uh. needs to be revisited. So always think about that, Dave. You know, when you, when you, whenever you're adding your website or you're adding to your website or you're changing anything or you're adding images, is this what Dave knows us as? Uh-huh. And if it, if it doesn't, then, you know, and if, if it doesn't feel right, like it's a continuation of your general conversations, your, your general customers who love and support you week in, week out, then it needs to be changed to reflect that. Yeah, that's a really good point. And um, one of the... Um, sort of areas that uh, uh, the work that we do with family businesses focuses on is um, articulating your values and what behaviors you would expect to um, reflect those values. And that's something, again, that can be translated into your website because if one of your values is let's have fun and your website is, you know, very corporate, gray, straight lines, all the kind of... um, uh, website basic uh, kind of stuff. It's not going to reflect you as a business, and then the the interaction that that customer is having with you is not consistent. Yeah, absolutely. And um, we come across that all the time, where people say, you know, our values are honesty. Honesty is a very common one, but yeah. on their website, you can't find their prices. You don't know mm-hmm. their processes. Um, you you know, you don't actually know. There's not actually much information there. So yeah, your website has to reflect your values. So yeah, if you say that you're honest, then your website has to be honest. (laughs) And the same way that you just said, you know, if you do say that you're fun and you're kind of, um, you know, sat there in suits on your website or or just kind of hiding behind your logo using um, very corporate looking stock images and things like that, then, you know, that's not a good reflection either. Absolutely. Mm. And so if a family is listening to this and they're going, um, okay, that's fantastic. I know I need a, um, a, either a revamp of my website or, or I need a new um, website if I haven't got one already. What would you suggest as being their starting point? Well, I mean, we have plenty of resources that can help people depending on their circumstance. So we have things like a homepage blueprint, for instance, that teaches people how to create the perfect homepage based on everything that we've just been speaking about. Um, we have lots of resources, but yeah, and a website buyer's guide as well. Website buyer's yeah. guide to help so people tricky. who are looking to hire an agency and, and they really don't want to do it themselves. Then you know you need to know where you can find an agency. Should you deal with a freelancer? Should you deal with a big agency? What's the difference? So we have plenty of resources available. Um, there are lots of resources in general available online, mm-hmm. but I know more about ours. So that's why I said that. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I think it's, it's just a case of making sure that you get the basic sound first. So who are our customers? What are the problems that they solve? Write down as much as you can about who you want to serve and create a website about them and about the problems that they solve and about how your products and services can help them. If you treat your website less like an online business card and more like a, um, you have these problems and we can help you with our, our solutions, then, you know, it's just a case of it's a match made in heaven. Uh The problem is, is people think about one more than the other sometimes. Yeah. And one of the um, uh, challenges I think that uh, family businesses can face in terms of when they they outsource things 
is that it's really difficult to art- articulate those that familyness um, to somebody who doesn't necessarily um, take the time or understand what yeah. that means and why that's important because that there will be and again different agencies will um, tick boxes for, for different types of businesses but but it's important your if you are deciding to work with somebody to build that site that they you trust them and you are able to articulate exactly what it is that you want the website to do because I I have dealt with um, development uh, web developers before who have said well no actually this is this is the only way to do it you, yeah. you must have this stock image here and you must have this that and, and the other there and you, you kind of end up with something that doesn't feel quite right and your own experience seems to have borne your business um, out of that type of experience uh, and I guess what I'm trying to say is for, for family businesses who are trying to avoid that issue is firstly be very clear on what it is they're trying to achieve with it and then if they're deciding to work with somebody to do that make sure they're very clear as well and, and don't try to um, steer them down some somewhere they're not comfortable with. Yeah, and I think it's a case of preparation as well. And this is why the Website Buyer's Guide will be helpful. Um, but it's it's about, you know, putting down on paper your thoughts first. Uh, we do actually have another resource, which I'll, I'll send you a link to so you can put it in the show notes. But this is the website questionnaire that we actually send to everyone before we work with them. So this is something that's got like um, 10 questions on there for you to consider before you even approach anyone. Mm-hmm. And this is a good exercise because it's like, well, these are the questions that we would ask you before working with you. So it's definitely a good idea for you to ask yourself this before reaching out to anyone. Things like, you know, what makes you different from your competitors? You know, what, and this this is the family element. Maybe it's the service. Maybe it's the lengths that we go to to serve our clients. It's important that you have a document that you can use and everyone in the team can add their thoughts and you can make it, make it as um you know you want it the same across the board you want to make sure that you've not got this person saying that we want this and this person saying we want this it needs to be agreed upon that these are our core values these are the features of our products and services these are the benefits these are the the real results that people get from working with us you know make a document that you can keep um a copy of and update it when things change because things will change naturally mm-hmm. but it's important that you've got a shared document the other thing as well is when you're working with a, a web designer, speak to them about their processes. So you mentioned something there about the way that a website looks. It's really important that you get to see the website at various stages. What you don't mm-hmm. want is you don't want to hire an agency, then go quiet for two months and then send you the final piece when you've had no control over yeah. it whatsoever. Surprise. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Surprise, you hate it. <laughs> yeah. You've just got to make sure that you protect yourself. And that's yeah. why before you hire anyone, ask them what the process is, ask them. I mean, Mm. we send people like three or four different things before we actually start building the website, just so that we know we're on a right path. Um, Yeah, I mean, uh, quite a few agencies work similar-ish to us, but we send everyone, um, basically we design that we wireframe a page. So we kind of um, sort of make sure we got everything in the right place. With grids and boxes and lines and colors. And then we'll design it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we send people the design and then they approve every single page of um, every design we create um, before we get even onto the build stage. So yeah, it's important to ask about that that process definitely. Um, And hopefully a good web designer will highlight that on their website, Uh their actual process. So you don't actually have to go through the rigmarole of actually calling them 
Um, but uh, yeah, it's always it's always good to, to kind of ask that. And and I know you you said Russ, you know some some web designers, you know they'll say, oh, you have to have that stock image there, or you have to have that mm. there. Um, it's important really to get the balance. So you don't want kind of a yes man or yes woman yeah. web designer who just kind of says, yep, yep, whatever you want. Um, that's the worst thing. That's in the kind world. of the worst mm. thing because you want someone with experience, but equally you want someone with an understanding of who you are, who your audience is, what you're trying to achieve. Um, so yeah, have a look for maybe, you know, if you're going to invest in a web designer and we, we don't recommend people do this until they're at a point where they really, really need to, um, and they're going to see a really healthy um, return on investment on it. But if you're going to invest in a web designer, um, have a look for web designers that you know do so. I do a lot of research in advance about you know your business and what you're trying to achieve, and do see it as more kind of a partnership between you both because. Web design, and we've we've learned this. You know, our our clients are sometimes with us for four to six months, and you know, it's very much like a partnership. It's a relationship, mm-hmm. and you have to kind of get on. You have to be on the same page, <laughs> and you have to actually, you know, like them and, yeah. and work together well. So, so don't yeah. don't rush that research phase. You know, it's it's important that when you when and, and we understand when you hand over cash and you decide you want to work with a company to build your website. It's like, great, can, when can we see it? How long is it going to be until it goes live? And we understand that excitement. But some companies, um, you know, they'll they'll buy into that and they'll be like, oh, well, we can have it up in two weeks and we can have it up in three weeks. And, mm-hmm. you know, some some companies um, even um, try to, to, to dangle a carrot by saying, we'll even do a free mock-up of your homepage before, before you choose to go with us. So we'll show you what your website's going to look like really early on. And we just think to ourselves, well, how can anybody get a website right that quickly mm. without the research, without understanding more about your business? And although, like we said before, people don't care that much about your business, they care more about their problems, we still have to think about who you are and your branding and your style and how your website's going to be created so that it reflects who you are online. Mm. All of that is extremely important. We're just saying that the words don't always have to be about you. Mm. Uh, but from a design point of view, that research phase is just, it's unavoidable. Mm. And anyone who, anyone who is trying to design your website very, very quickly, they're not taking the time to consider how this is going to impact your business and reflect who you are as an organization. And that's why the research phase is so important. Yeah. And of course, I mean, if you're paying, say, 500 quid for a website, no, you're not going to get that research phase. And I don't think we would expect, you know, anyone to put in loads and loads and loads of time um, for 500 pounds or whatever. Um, But that's where we do recommend that if people only want to spend 500 pounds or 1,000 pounds, use that money on some great, on a great photographer or, mm-hmm. or a copywriter, you know, put it towards that instead, because actually getting a good website theme and using some good photographs and some good copy will go a long, long way more than perhaps spending 500 to a thousand pound on a web designer and then just having stock images and yeah. very, and know, no support, and no support and yeah. very boring copy. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's kind of finding that balance really. Mm. Um, but, but yes, yeah. And for anyone who has um, visited the uh, FanBiz podcast website, um, I've actually, I built that myself, um, but I built it through uh, the help and support of Martin and Lindsay and um, the templates that they um, made available for a membership that I'm part of. So um, I'm not saying that's the best website in the world. I'm quite proud of it because I'm not a web developer and it looks okay. Um, but, but it's an example of saying that it, 
as you say, it's more important to get the right stuff on there and create the right templates rather than I, I could have paid um, a, not much of a budget on on the podcast. It's self-funded. So from that perspective, it, it's, um, you know, spending 500 quid for somebody to build something that doesn't reflect what I want it to reflect is a waste of money when that money could be spent on something far more productive and um, I've got access to uh, the templates and all the support that I needed to build that site. So um, I I go along with that wholeheartedly. Yeah, it just makes such a difference. And this was part of the reason that we decided to launch the membership that you're a part of. Um, You know, not everyone's in a position or needs to spend thousands of pounds on a new website that's been custom built without entire research phase sometimes you just want some help and support and this is why we created the membership um obviously it's a very very low monthly fee it's just a case of us giving back and actually serving lots of people with our help and advice and knowledge um for a low monthly fee rather than you know working with people one-to-one we just felt that you know like i say people like you who have this podcast who want to get the message out there it's important that you've got an avenue as well rather than relying on a cheap web designer or just using something online like Wix and then not having any support there either. You know, it's about that guidance and direction. This is why it's so important that we put an awful lot of information out there telling people what makes a great about page, what makes a great homepage so that you can use online tools and resources and maybe our membership templates to, to get there for a lot less than it would cost to hire anyone. Yeah. yeah, and I think I think people are always a bit afraid. I think pe- why some people invest, invest you know five hundred thousand quid in a website is they think I'm not technical. I'm just going to get that guy to do it, and then it's open, it's done. Um, but like we said at the start of the podcast, you know, things have come along so so far now with what you can actually do and what you can actually build. Yeah. And there's some really good drag and drop software out there that is relatively simple and easy to pick up mm-hmm. um so there shouldn't be any real reason to actually to actually do that to actually throw 500 quid at a web designer um you know it, it's very easy to kind of do it yourself nowadays um so so there's that software out there and, and why wouldn't you use it and it's it's also about having full control over your website and this is this is something we recommend to anyone where they're going to some a web design that costs 500 pound or a web design that costs fifty thousand pounds is make sure that you get full access to the website mm. and you know you you can control every aspect of it yeah. um because yeah. we've had clients come to us that have had zero access to their website because their web website developers haven't let them have access and this is from some large big you know big agencies yeah um where they've spent a lot of money and um, so you want to make sure that you have access and that you you are you know you are going in you are updating it you are doing content marketing and things like that you are actually putting the effort in and, and driving traffic to the website. Mm. Um, so you need full access to it to actually be able to do that. Yeah, and it needs to be a living thing, doesn't it, the website? Uh, uh, for the vast majority of businesses, just a static page is not necessarily going to be as uh, impactful as um, uh, uh, an inclusive and um, up-to-date uh, web page with lots of information on questions that their ideal customer are going to be asking. And so having to go to a developer every time you want to add a page or add an article or add anything um, is both costly and uh, a bit of a pain. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, that's why a lot of agencies do it and freelancers, they just say, well, I'll build you a website, but whatever else you need after that, you know, you'll just have to pay me some money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the last thing you want. Um, and when it comes to, you know, there are various different steps in 
online marketing, a lot of people think getting the website is the ultimate thing. Once it's done, it's done. We don't have to do it anymore. But we found that, um, you know, to actually grow your business, you do need to have control and you do need to be able to add pages and posts and updates and new testimonials and, you know, lots of different things. So it is important that if you are reaching out to any agency or using some software that you do have control over those elements as well, because at some point down the line, you're going to want to, to, to add things and change things. You might not think that that's what you want to do, mm. but you know, it's so important. Mm. And like I say, our business has changed for the better because of it. Yeah. I think, um, the more that you put into your website, things like content marketing in particular, you know, if you want to charge more for your products or services, if you want to attract, you know, the people that you actually want to work with or, or, you know, the customers that you actually want, um, you know, you're only going to be able to do that by investing in your website and in particular content marketing and, and making sure, you know, things like blogging or podcasting like one now or, or video marketing or whatever it might be. Um, that's kind of a big way of differentiating yourself um, with your, you know, against your competitors who may not be updating their website at all. Mm. Um, so I think, Yes, you can have it static and up there, but if your website's static, I tend to think that your business will be quite static as well. It won't actually move forward. Um, so, so yes, actually investing time uh, in your website and doing these things um, will definitely um, be very beneficial for you. Yeah, and a lot of people think that it's okay for us to say this. We're, we're an agency. We do this stuff day in, day out. But we know, and you know, that the people that see the biggest results in this are not agencies, they're not techies. Uh-huh. It's people like um, Cara Mackay, Gillis uh-huh. and Mackay, you know, make- they, they make sheds. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm sure you've probably spoken about them on the podcast, if not interviewed Cara before now. Yeah, episode um, eight, I think. Yeah. So there's, um, there's uh, we've some people in our membership, Aidan and Yasmin, who um, run a martial arts school, mm-hmm. um, and they're probably, um, they're, I mean, they're the they're, only martial arts school I'm guessing yeah. in in the country that understand content marketing, and when yeah. they actually put it into practice, they see incredible results. Yeah. Um. So it just and it, and it, and it matters not just because oh it's delivering helpful content they're seeing that they're ranked on the first page of Google now within the space of a couple of months because they're they're adding content in a specific way. So it's not just about that. Everybody knows, you know, there's no argument that you need to be on the first page of Google if you want to get traffic to your website. That's the other side effect of it as well. Mm. You know, Cara, um, who makes sheds, gets thousands of visits to her website each each month. Um, and, and that's because she's going up against people who are, uh, you know, trapped in 10 years ago, they're trapped uh-huh. in the, the, the stone age, some might say, <laughs> and they're not prepared to update the website and they're going to leave it to a techie. But when you actually do grab your website by the scuff of the neck and actually have control over it and have a plan, then you can have some real impact, much like a martial arts school in Slough, yeah. uh-huh. like what Lindsay was talking about, one of our other members. Yeah, and I think it's not just about getting more um, by, by investing this time in your website. It's not just about getting more leads and sales, which is always nice. <laughs> um, but it's actually about, 
getting better customers, getting customers that pay more. Um, and that's the interesting thing that comes from it. Um, I think, you know, we get to a point where actually we don't have time to take on any more customers, um, but we can change. We can actually charge more for what we offer um, because we've differentiated ourselves, because we've invested this much time and because we've built that kind of loyal fan base, really, where people actually really want to work with us. Or in the case of, you know, um, Aidan and Yasmin in the martial arts school, you know, people actually want to send their children there because they've seen, wow, they're doing all these amazing things on their website, you know, yeah. and I really trust my child going there compared to someone else who doesn't do anything. Um, so, yeah, it's about not just about getting more leads and sales. It's about actually moving your business forward, charging more, getting better customers as well. Mm. And just a point of clarification, it's episode 23 for Cara's interview, not episode 8. So episode 8 is good as well, but episode 23 is the interview. <laughs> All the episodes are good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, in terms of um, reviewing and um, once you've – because obviously a website is a big investment. If you're going to pay for somebody to do it and do a proper job on it, it's, it's a big investment. How – often would you then suggest people are reviewing it from a design perspective rather than um, just a content perspective? Obviously, content is ongoing, it's iterative. Yeah. And, um, uh, but like if, if they're looking at a cost of, I don't know, five to 10,000 pounds or, or, or more for mm. um, a website, is that something that's going to stand the test of time or will they, you know, in three, three years' time need another one? Well, I think it's a case of, um, I'll be honest with you, the businesses who understand how a website can deliver a return on investment are always looking for ways to change and improve their website. Um, you know, lots of our, our clients are constantly tweaking and changing things, not just adding content. But yes, I mean, you're talking two to four years is kind of an average amount of time for people to want to change their website again, but only because the last time you did it, it delivered a return on investment. Mm -hmm. So that's the key thing. You don't just want to keep redesigning it because it's not working. You have to redesign it, make sure that it's you've hired the right company, make sure that it is working. And then as things change and improve, some, some tech might be out of date and some software might change. And then usually we have people come back to us after three, four years and say, you know what, I think it's time we, we redesigned it. Even though the websites that we designed three or four years ago are still good, you know, businesses change and that's the difference businesses change you take on more staff your values might tweak slightly color scheme may change you may have added a new logo mm -hmm. so things like that can can change things and, yeah. and more often than not we have people come to us requesting it rather than us saying you re really need to redesign this website that we did three years ago yeah and generally it's not usually about design issues when they come to us and um, back again it's it's more like you said, the business has changed and mm -hmm. things like that. I think good design generally should should be kind of, you know, there are certain things that don't ever change with, with good design, you know, plenty of white space on the page, call to action buttons that stand out, that kind of thing. Um, so the, th the things that never, never, ever change. Um, things like, you know, if you didn't want to spend a lot of money on a redesign again, you know, you think, is it going to be worth me investing 10, 15, 20,000 pounds in a redesign or perhaps could I change the images? You know, could I do uh -huh. I need another photo shoot? Things like that. There are things that you can do. Um, but, you know, if it is looking dated, 
then yes, it is it is good good idea to get it redesigned or if you kind of had a rebrand and, and things like that. Um, I always use the example of Amazon <laughs> and they have the ugliest website ever and they never change it. You notice that big websites, Facebook, Amazon, they don't have drastic changes. They make tiny, tiny tweaks very often um, because a lot of the time they're testing as well. They're testing whether things are, you know, going to go, you know, because they're that, they're that huge. They can say if we change the button color, we'll, we'll this have a massive effect and things like that but they do tweak things as they go rather than have these massive redesigns and there's a reason for that in the sense that probably won't give them a return on investment if they do have a a huge huge redesign so it's not a magic solution um particularly for things like if you're not getting enough traffic you know a website redesign won't won't solve that problem um so it's just something to consider carefully um, and, you know, if, like Martin said, if you've had a rebrand, if the technology isn't up to date, if you're just spending way too much time on your website, then you, you know, and you actually need to be in your business and is taking time away from that, then yes, it's a good idea to look at a redesign, but think mm-hmm. about it carefully. Yeah. And that being said as well, that we do have some people who reach out to us and say, six months ago, I spent £5,000 with this agency, but the website I've got now isn't fit for purpose. Right. So then people have reached out to us and they've consumed our content. They're like, right, now we understand why it doesn't work. Uh. So quite often what happens is when we redesign websites, um, the traffic you know, the traffic does go up and conversions do go up. But that's only because the agencies that people have been using don't necessarily care that much. So it's different. You know, if you hire one agency, you might not need it redesigned for five, 10 years. But if you hire another agency, it might have to be three or four months. Just depends on who you've hired. And that's why it's important to do your research first, plan your website, what you want it to be, you know, reach out to us. We have a free Facebook group that we do um, website critiques in where Uh we actually, people give us their website and we actually tell them what's wrong with it or what's good about it. And, um, we've reviewed hundreds and hundreds of websites in there and that's free. You know, we do that every, every few weeks or so. Um, just because again, there are people out there that think, Oh, my website's pretty good. Uh I'll just get a quick review. And then we tell them that actually there's a few things here that are really uh, causing some issues. And it might be SEO. It might be tech technical stuff. You know, we're just in there to, to give people free advice really. And, Uh you know, take advantage of that at the very least. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> I think the um, the really valid point there is that the reason you would want to review your website um, and redesign it is because it's working, not because it isn't. Um, yeah. it, that that therefore means you're going to get that, a return on that investment rather than it being um, you know a sunk cost every three years to plow fifteen grand into a website that returns zero. Um, you certainly don't want that to be the case. No, definitely not. Definitely not. If you have to have you know, there has to be kind of a valid reason for you doing it. And, you know, you have to actually look at what's actually wrong with the website, you know, before you actually get it redesigned. Sometimes a redesign appears like it's fixed a problem when actually it's just, it's not actually the, um, you know, it's not actually been identified before the redesign, what the problem actually was. Mm. Um, so it could be something like SEO and um, it could be, you know, search engine rankings, in which case your actual current website might just need some SEO work on it. Or it could be something like, you know, you're not getting enough conversions, people actually, you know, visiting your website, but not actually converting into a sale. So that might be something like you need to invest perhaps more in content marketing or a copywriter to look at your messaging. And there's so many different things, you know, and 
people think, oh, I'm just going to get my website redesigned and it'll magically fix the problems. <laughs> um, but sometimes, you know, it often doesn't. And um, you need to find someone quite honest, I think, to actually just perhaps give you an overview of your website and see, see where you're going wrong. And mm. sometimes you won't, you won't need a website redesign. I do realize we're doing a terrible job of selling ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Not, not at all. I, I think um, w- w- with that in mind, um, the, obviously our, our audience are going to be listening and they're, they're going to be at different um, stages of their own business. So some will be um, in the early stages where they're not necessarily looking to spend a huge amount of, of money on a website, whereas others will be much more established um, and potentially looking to um, sort of uh, look at the redesign and repurposing of the website. Um, and I think it's fair to say that you would be able to um, uh, point any of those people in the right direction. Um, so where can our audience find out a little bit more about you and what you do and, and uh, the support and resources that you mentioned earlier? Yeah, so we have our obviously our agency, which is um, the one where we help establish businesses, um, and that's jammydigital.com. That's our main um, home online. But yeah, a, f- a couple of years ago, we launched our membership community, makeyourmarkonline.net. And that's um, obviously you're a member in there and that's where we help people for a very low monthly fee, point them in the right direction. Um, so those are the main things really. I mean, obviously we have the Facebook group as well, which we'll give you a link to so people can yeah. see that in the show notes. But yeah, that was the idea really. We give people various different things that people can can use in order to work with us, plus um, an entire library of free resources as well at jammingdigital.com. Um, which are all available and yeah, it's, um, we, ju- we just want to help as many people as we can, but we understand mm-hmm. we can't work with everybody one-to-one. Yeah. That's why we do things the way that we, that, that we do. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And I will put all of those links, um, into the show notes. Um, you're also on all of the social medias, aren't you? So you mentioned Facebook, um, but you're on Twitter and, and the like, um, yes. YouTube, yes. Yeah. find you on there. Mm-hmm. excellent Absolutely. again we'll link that all up um and uh, the last thing for me to say is to say thank you very much to both of you for uh, such a comprehensive insight into um into your world um and continue what you're doing because it's uh, it's fantastic oh, oh, you're very well vice versa so as well no we really appreciate you asking us on i hope you found this episode useful if you have then why not share it with your family and see what they think I work with families just like yours to help them to better understand the complexities that can come with being a family in business. So whether you're just starting out or heading into the umpteenth generation, if you feel that I could help, check out fanbizpodcast.com forward slash work with Russ and get in touch. Until next time, take care.